Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you today? I pray all is well. And this message stirs your faith, falls on good ground, and produces good fruit in your lives. Um, today, you guys know that we are in season four. Man, yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. See, I get excited because I didn't think I could be here. You know, as I said in yesterday's episode, like, I had no idea what I was assigned to do and what God called me to do. And what I mean by that is like God will call you. It's about the jigsaw puzzle. God may give you the picture on front of the box and it looks beautiful. But you like, well, how do I, what steps do I take to get to there? And that's how it was for me. Like I, you know, I had some, um, of course, idea of what God wanted me to do. So I saw the picture on the box and I was like, okay, great. That's good. I can do that. You told me to teach the gospels through my story. I could do that. But yep, what I didn't know, because <laughs> again, I didn't open a box yet <laughs> until I opened the box and I saw all these pieces and I said, uh, Jesus, what's going on now? Because um, this don't look like <laughs> what's on the front of the box. Okay. It's all these pieces I got to put together. Oh, man. And then, you know, there are some jigsaw puzzle boxes that I've seen that may have instructions in it. But then there are other boxes that don't come with instructions at all. Especially if you go down to like a thrift store or something. They done lost most of the pieces in the darn way. So, you like, um, okay, I got to try to figure out which piece goes where. But I thank God that even now, again, I use practical examples for spiritual principles. I thank God that even with the jigsaw puzzle of our life like he calls us for something he assigns us to be kingdom ambassadors and to do so with the gifts and talents that he gives us but i thank god that he also says come to me and get wisdom and strategy i will give you the steps you need to take so we don't have to sit there and try to figure out how to put together all the pieces to get on the um of the puzzle we can go to god and say okay god you called me to this here go all the pieces. What goes where? What's the next step, God? Like, how do what piece connects to what to at least make two? And then God will tell you or show you and direct your path that way. And then you'll get the next, the third piece and the fourth piece. And on and on and on. And so you find one day that you finish the entire puzzle. And you're like, oh my God, I never thought I can get here. Another example would be people that look at the mountaintop and they're like, man, like the mountain looks so huge. I don't know how I'm going to climb that mountain, but you can climb the mountain. Why? Because God will give you the strategy and the grace to run your race. That's today's message, guys. We're calling it grace to run your race. And so before we go any further, I want to say a quick prayer and then we're going to jump into uh, some more of this and amb- um, kingdom ambassador series that i've been teaching of season four all right so spirit of living god we come to you right now we just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters out there to hear and receive word from you god speak lord 
your servants are listening. You know what each person is going through, Heavenly Father, and you know what you've called each person to do. So, God, give them the strategy that they need to take the next step forward, God. Let them hear wisdom beckoning to them to give them the next right turn or or to pause right here or whatever the instruction is, God, because you are our GPS, our good positioning shepherd, God. And so we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can just sit, we can be still, know that you are God and and connect with you to to direct our paths. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to do it alone. We don't have to try to figure it all out because you already got it worked out. We just have to ask you for that wisdom, ask you for that knowledge and understanding, ask you what's the next step and then move in the way you tell us to move. Go, we tell us to go to show up and how you tell us to show up, God. Thank you, God, that you give us all grace and mercies each and every day to run our individual races. We give you glory, Lord, honor and praise. We keep none for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says what, y'all? Amen. All right. So, <laughs> grace to run your race. Now, a lot of, really all this season, I'll just be honest, like all of season four and, I mean, darn near season five, <laughs> God has given me what. I was going to teach during sabbatical. And that's why I was saying to you guys um, last time, it is so important to rest. It is so important to take that time for yourself to replenish and rejuvenate, but also take that time to connect with the father, to hear from him. If you are constantly going, 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 doing, 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 being, 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 how are you tapping in with the father? How are you hearing him? We learn in 1 Kings 19 with Elijah that he whispers. He doesn't yell or shout. And so you won't get direction if you don't stop and pause and be still. Like Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that he is God. You can't know that he's God if you always go and doing and there's always noise in your background. There's always noise in, around you that if it's not the phone ringing, it's the children crying. If it's not the children crying, it's um, something on TV. It's not something on TV. It's something going outside your house or outside the car. It's, it's just always something. Or in your mind, you're thinking of the next thing you got to do because you've made your list of agenda of what, what needs to be conquered and achieved this week or even that particular day. And you're like, I got 50,000 things to do today and God says but if you just be still and trust me and listen to my instructions you will achieve everything on that list and then some and we'll have rest and it won't even be all in that one day hey amen somebody I love that about God like he really if you tap into the kingdom principles see a lot of people miss the scripture that says don't be just hearers of the word but be doers of the word don't just listen to what people like me and other teachers and prophets and evangelists and pastors or whatever don't just listen to what we teach you don't just listen to a podcast episode or even listen to the bible app and and just take in that knowledge but don't do anything with it you got to apply the knowledge to your life that's the only way you're going to see breakthrough that's the only way you're going to see change in your life i know so many people that even that i mentor or counsel that are are not applying the word and then they're wondering like well why am i still dealing with anger issues why am i still dealing with impatience why am i still dealing with um with all of these other convictions and why am I still struggling in this area of sin and it's like well what did you do with the knowledge that was given to you what did you do when you read that scripture text 
What did you do when you heard my podcast episode? What did you do when the last time we talked and I gave you the, the um, some words of advice in our counseling session? Like, what did you do? Oh, you just heard it. And and I love that. I love this. I heard my um my spiritual mentor. She tells me this all the time. She says, "I know you heard me, but did you receive <laughs> what I said?" <laughs> and I'm laughing because I could imagine, as she always says that to me, whether I'm on the phone with her or in person with her. I, I she used to be a principal, and now she's a um a senior pastor, reverend. And so I, I see her eyes arch up. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all seen them teachers or them or them big mamas or something. You know, back in the day, they had them arched eyebrows, and they just give you a look, and you knew what that look meant. You see, that's what my spiritual mentor does. Sometimes she just give me a look, or she'll say something. But even when we on the phone, I know how she said it and the look she gave me when she said it so i'd be like uh i'm like a kid sometimes back in school again because she's like i know you heard me but did you receive it and i'm like ooh, um um uh, i don't even know how to respond right now <laughs> baby you got to find something to laugh about i don't care if you laughing by yourself honey find something in your life to laugh about life is too serious there are too many things going on in this world for you to not have laughter for you to not have joy jesus says he came to give us life everlasting part of that life everlasting was also peace and joy in god but if you don't have that joy in god if you can't find anything to laugh about then pray to god and ask god can he send laughter your way can he send joy your way Fill your heart with peace so that you can crack a smile about something. Give you a memory even. You know, sometimes I I remember when I was going through my wilderness season, sometimes I had to just remember, even if it was somebody who passed away. You know, I talked about time and time again throughout this entire um, podcast of when I entered into my Joe wilderness season, I had lost some crucial members in my life. Um, my, my, both my grandparents, husband and wife, they passed away literally months between each other. And then right before they passed away, my great aunt, which was my grandmother's sister passed away. And so when these people passed away, it was hard for me. But one of the things that I, I would, you know, hold on to was sometimes I would just remember, like, for example, my grandmother and I, this, this probably for somebody out there. My grandmother and I used to love the Golden Girls, especially because my grandmother reminded me of Medea meets Sophia. Okay, so if anybody knows who Medea is, her parents Medea, and you know who Sophia is from Golden Girls, put them together. You got my grandma, well, my late grandma. Okay, so, um, and so we would watch it together, or sometimes even if we weren't together, and I was at home and she was at home, you know, I would call her on the phone, even if it was late night call on the phone or she'll call me on the phone be like you know uh uh they on and i know who she's talking about. we said they on <laughs> so it's like okay well, let me turn to it and we'll be watching together and cracking up and so there were times where i may have needed to turn to golden girls during my wilderness season when i was just grieving and suffering such heartache and pain i'd never experienced in my life before and i would turn on golden girls and i would just laugh I would laugh and every time I would see Sophia saying something or doing something, I, it would make me think of my grandma. And I laugh and sometimes it'd be laughing and crying at the same time, but the laughter would be so hard, so hearty that the, the tears from crying of missing her would, would turn into tears of joy. 
and it's like oh grandma man remember this or I, I miss i miss you but i know you're in a better place this is hilarious you know so you gotta find something to laugh about why is it so important it, it ties into the message today of god gives you grace to run your race even if it's something that is a hardship even if it's something that is suffering even if it's some area of your life that you're grieving a loss of God still gives you grace to go through that thing you may feel like it's killing you you may feel like it's destroying you you may feel like you will never make it through you may feel like this is gonna be the death of me but I promise you it won't it feels like you're dying but that's what crushing does that's what pruning process does Something has to happen to the olive. Something has to happen to the grape in order to get olive oil, in order to get grape juice or wine. It has to go through a crushing period, a, a, a process, a bitter exchange to, to get from what once was a fruit that was juicy or, or, um, or a, a um, vegetable that they had a pit in it and, and had oil and, and, and was salty and bitter. It has to go from these things in order to produce something else that would be a little bit long lasting. Wine lasts long. Olive oil, good olive oil that is, <laughs> lasts, can last quite some time without spoiling. That's what God wants to do in our life. So understand, for those of you out there, this may not be for everybody, but for those of you out there that are going through a tough time right now, you're going through a crushing season and you just feel like, oh my gosh, I want to give up. Like, this just seems so hard. It seems so horrible that I'm going through this and, and I don't even know how to survive this. Know that you will survive. At least hold on to that. The best thing that helped me and there were many things that helped me during my wilderness season. But one of the things that helped me was I used to always say to myself and to God, I would say to myself to encourage myself, but I also say to God, something got to come from this. Like I did not suffer all of this for this to just be the end. There has to be light at the end of this tunnel. No way is this tunnel just going to always stay dark. So I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to take it every second of every minute of every hour, every day until I see the brightness at the end of this tunnel. And I broke, I broke life down that way. As I was saying earlier about the puzzle pieces. When you break it down, don't look at the mountain that's so huge. Don't look at the puzzle um, pieces on that scatter on the floor of your life as like it's so much to put together. Just start by taking one piece and another piece and try to put that together. And then if that don't work, put that down, put the other piece up. Just like a puzzle. But you have to understand that what God is doing in your life, he's helping you understand when you rest in him, he takes it one second of every minute of every hour of every day. What does that mean? That means that God is gentle with us. He understands how we work, how we operate, how we maneuver, how we learn, how we grow. Every plant grows very differently. If you know anything about horticulture, you know that every plant or every seed that goes into the ground grows differently. It grows at different paces. It grows at different stages. It grows into different types of fruits and vegetables and, and, and herbs and, and spices or whatever. It grows differently. So understand that the way you have to grow in your season of transformation is not going to be the same way that somebody else has to grow in their season of transformation. Amen, somebody. <laughs> I say amen to myself. <laughs> so 
Understand that God gives you the grace you need to run your race. He gives you the grace you need to run your race with endurance. He knows what you can take today and what you could take for tomorrow. That's why he says in Matthew 6, um, don't worry about tomorrow for today's troubles are enough for today. So you got to stay focused on today. That's why I said break it down even in that day. Some of you that are going through hardships or even if you're not really going through a hardship, maybe you just have a, 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 um, a big project to tackle. Then break it down into small bits. And then you eventually will see that you'll get to the end of that project. You'll complete that project when you break it down into small bits and pieces first. And then grow into the larger pieces. But you got to start small first. And so, um, just like I said, you know, God gave me pretty much all of what he wanted me to teach about for season four and season five. And, and I was having during my sabbatical, I, I keep calling it a month. Um, August was my sabbatical month for those of you that don't know. And I keep calling it a month of revelation because God revealed so much to me during that month and and I remember saying to God, like, God, why, why I'm just finding out or why am I just connecting that dot? God, like, what, what is this all about? And something that he said to me and then my spiritual mentor confirmed it when I talked to her and told her was because it wasn't time. I gave you what you needed at the time that you needed it. But when you needed more, when we, when more needed to be revealed to you, then it was revealed to you. And sometimes you may have a moment where, it's something that's so simple. You're like, why didn't I connect the dots? Like, I cannot believe I never put that together. It's just like, for example, all of us have probably had this experience where, um, you know, I'll use a cell phone. Where you just had your phone in your hand. And you like, I got um, I wanted to find a number in my phone. Or I wanted to listen to some music. Or, I, or you want to do something in your phone. Now you just, let's say for uh, example, you were just talking on the phone, you um, ended the call, but you're still holding the phone in your hand. And so then all of a sudden another thought comes in your head and you're like, hmm, then I, I got to do something else with my phone. And so you go looking for your phone. <laughs> you like, where is my phone? Like, I... I can't find my phone with my phone and you done turned up your whole car, your whole house, your whole bedroom, wherever you at your whole office. You, you done turned out your pocketbook, fellas, you done turned out your pockets, you or your book bag. Like you done turned out everything looking for this phone and the darn phone is still in your hand. <laughs> I had that happen to me, y'all. When I was, um, I was looking for the remote. I was watching a sermon on TV. And the sermon went off and I was looking for the remote. Now, I had the remote in my right hand. I'm looking around, feeling around on the bed in my left hand. I can't find it. I can't find it. So then I put the remote in the left hand and I'm still looking around with the right hand. Then I done got up. I done shook out the sheets. I done did all this stuff trying to find the door remote. And then finally, when I went, I think I went to scratch my head or something. And I was like, why can't I? Child, the remote, the remote then hit me in my head. <laughs> And I said, it was right there all along. And I love that because I'm using this example. Again, I use practical examples for spiritual principles because God's the same way with us. There is, there is revelation there for all of us. There is grace there for all of us. But you don't realize it's there until you tap into it, until you go seeking for it. 
And then you realize, oh, wait, it's been there all along. It makes me think about another example of footprints in the sand. If you've never heard of that poem, go Google it because I'm just going to paraphrase it. But basically, a man is praying to God and he's like, you know, God, I had this problem. And where were you? Um... As I was going through this problem, I'm, I'm on the, he's basically on the seashore and he's like, all I see is my own footprints. Like you said, you never leave me nor forsake me, but where are you? Because all I see is my own footprints. And God basically says to him, actually, that's not your footprints. You see, you see my footprints because I was the one carrying you the entire way. Woo, baby, that's good, child. That is so good. I'm telling y'all, if y'all ain't catching this baby, I don't know what to tell you. You better catch it. Cause I'm throwing it. Okay. God is saying today, I'm giving you all grace to run this race. He knows what we're going to encounter in this earth. And he still calls us to be kingdom ambassadors. He still calls us to step up to the plate and to declare who our savior is. Step up to the plate and live our lives in the way that Jesus lived his life. That doesn't mean that you go and find a cross to crucify yourself on. No, that means that in the way that Jesus cared, care for others. In the way that Jesus took care of his disciples and the poor, do that. In the way that Jesus healed people do that and the way that Jesus fed people feed them and the way that Jesus clothed people clothe them basically take care of your neighbors do unto others as you had them do unto you now everybody has gifts and talents and so your gift and your talent is going to tie into your purpose your purpose may may not be the same as mine mine is teach the gospel through my story and and I'm called to be a prophet but that may not be your purpose your your purpose may be to be the best cosmetologist there is out there and you may say well how can can I use this gift of doing hair or um or being a barber? And for my fellows out there, if if it if being a barber is not called a cosmetologist and it's called something else, then forgive me. I don't know <laughs> what that's called, but just catch what I'm saying. You know, what you may say, how do I take that and then teach the gospels to people? How do I take that and and show people Jesus easily? First things first is in the way you show up. How you show up matters. Are you showing up with a smile on your face? Are you pleasant to be around? Are you nice and kind and to your and considerate to your clients? Are you respectful of your clients regardless of age, race, what gender, whatever? Are you respectful of them? Do you make them feel like they're loved? Do you make them feel like they're they're cared for? Do you make them feel like they're heard when they come to you and say, hey, I'm having this problem with my hair or or I, I wanted to know like what condition to use? I know that I don't have an appointment today, but can I at least um, can they call you to ask you some prom to ask you some questions about problems that they have with their hair? How do you respond to that? Like this is all in the way that you show them Jesus. This is the way you show them how to be a kingdom ambassador. It's by your testimony, by the way you're living your life. And then there's going to be times I know, and many of you out there know if you've ever been to the salon before, you know, you sit in that chair, all of a sudden you just start pouring out your life, okay? You start pouring out your problems and what's going on. And that for my cosmetologists out there or for my barbers out there, that's also how you show them Jesus. Are you willing to listen? Or are you just are you are you just looking at them as money? Listen, I don't want to hear about your problem. Just get just pay me what I owe and get out my chair. Like it's all in the integrity that you're showing them. Your character. Do you have the heart of the father or not? 
Are you nasty to them? If you have a client that's a little bit late and you know they've never been late before or they're a new client and maybe they're late. You don't know why they're late, but are you nasty to them? Are you rude to them because they didn't come on your time? You don't know what they had to deal with to get there. Are you patient? Considerate, compassionate, empathetic. These are all gifts of the spirit. These are all uh, what Jesus showed us. How are you? Are you welcoming and inviting? And this doesn't just go for cosmetologists out there, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever your field of trade is, if you're a plumber, an electrician, a technician, a, a therapist, a, 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 a licensed nurse, a school teacher, um, an actor, a rapper, a singer, a dancer, a filmmaker, wherever you are, are you doing it with good character and integrity that people see your light when you enter into the room? Because that's what Jesus tells us to be. He tells us to be salt and light in the earth. What does light do? It illuminates. What does salt do? It flavors. So how do you flavor the room and the conversation when people hear you open your mouth? When people see you walk into the room, are you illuminating light or are you illuminating despair? Are you illuminating peace and joy and confidence? Or are you illuminating arrogance and self-centeredness and rudeness and gossiping? What are you illuminating? This is important. And just know, for those out there that may say, well, you know what? I thought I was, but now that you point that out, I realize or God has shown me in, in this series that you've been teaching that there are some areas of my life I got to work on. Then know that there is no shame, guilt, or condemnation in Christ Jesus. Even with me, I'm here to give you the knowledge. Be doers of the knowledge I'm giving to you. That means don't just hear it and receive it, or rather hear it and, and listen, but retain it and receive it. Do something with the knowledge I'm giving you. Apply it to your life. Make the change that God is saying to you. And he gives you grace to do that. That's why we all are here. He gives us a new day to wake up and try to get it right the next day. Try to get it right today. You didn't wake up by accident. You didn't wake up by happenstance. Even if it's some of y'all out there that didn't want to wake up today. Know that you were awakened for a reason. Because God wanted to do something through you. But he also wants you to partner with him. So he's a gentleman. He gives you time to get it right. But he also wants you to get it right. Because as I talked about yesterday, don't get to the point like he did Saul where he says, you know what? I reject you because I've given you ample enough time. I've, I've come to address this issue with you to get it right, to correct it. And you're not willing to do it. And understand that God's word will not return to him voice. So if there's a word he released over your life and you don't want to partner with him for him to, for you to receive it and for it to manifest, then don't worry. God says it's not going to come back to me. It's, there's no return to sender with God like it is with the post office. God says, okay, you know what? Well, you didn't want it, but you just had a baby or you got some children or some children in your life. I'm going to save it for them. Or, or maybe you don't have any children and maybe you will never have any children. But God says, but there's somebody in your bloodline that I had the blessing for. So you didn't want to receive it. Okay, well, I'm going to try over there with your cousin. I'm going to try over there with your auntie. I'm going to try over there with your niece and nephew. I'm going to pour it. I, I, it's going to manifest itself in any way, shape, or form. It just won't be with you. Because like the children of Israel, you didn't want to partner with me and be obedient to what I was telling you to do. You complained because the process was hard. And you didn't stop complaining. Because even when we come to God complaining, granted, he don't want to hear it, but he'll, he'll, he'll accept it and then say, okay, 
Now will you listen and let me teach you? But if you want to keep complaining and complaining and complaining, go read Exodus and you never stop. Then God says, you know what? You are such a rebellious people. I am going to reject you, but I'm going to give my promise to somebody else in your bloodline because it's not going to return to me. I had this gift for you, but you didn't want it because it didn't come in the, in the packaging that you thought it should have came in. It came in the form of a mountain. You had to climb. But what you didn't know is at the top of that mountain was everything you ever prayed for. And along the way, you were going to get replenished. You were going to get the strength back. You were going to see some blessings along the way. Along the way up that mountain, you just looking from the ground to the mountain and all you see is ice. But you don't know what's on the other side of that mountain as you would have walked up. Might have been a log cabin where they would have sat there and, and fed you a good meal. And you would have got a rest and you would have got your strength back. They would have given you some, some extra strategy on how to go about climbing it. Because maybe the way you thought you were going to climb it as you went forward, you realized, oh, wait, you told me there's an easier way. You told me that there's a more simpler way than the way I thought I was going to go. And hear me when I say this. I'm not saying that every way that God has is going to be easy. But what I'm saying that is when you um, partner with the Holy Spirit, he gives you the grace you need, which feels like ease because it's peaceful. The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich and has no sorrow. There's peace attached to that blessing. So it's not necessarily that the, the next lesson, the next step, the next strategy is going to actually be easy. But it's going to happen with such ease that you're going to be like, wow, that didn't take as much effort as I thought it was going to be. That didn't stress me out as much as I thought it was going to be. Like, I, I was able to get to achieve that in, in record time. And I didn't realize how I was supposed to do that. Because you partner with God and you stop doing it in your own strength. And, and I do want to read some scripture before we go, but I want to also say this. I want to give a disclaimer because, um, I was actually recently taught this and it gave me, um, it gave me a revelation moment that I realized that, uh, that is needed in the church. A lot of teachers, pastors, preachers, evangelists, prophets, whatever, we tend to teach in the way of from our own testimony, what works for us and, and how we got here. What I'm finding is that even as I've listened to many well-known pastors and preachers, I'm not going to name who they are. A lot of times they don't take into account that I'm not you. And so this is why it's important to read your Bible, to go to God in prayer for yourself. And to ask him, what is the strategy on how to run your race? Because the strategy that God gave me to run my race may not be the same strategy that God gave you to run your race. For example, I, you know, I, I mentor somebody who, um, is going through a hard season. Um, but they have started to apply, um, the teachings, which is amazing. I'm so proud of them. And one of the ways in which that has been helpful for them is now I told you guys before, if you haven't heard, I'm not going to go down the list again. Uh, there are like five key people or groups of people that you need in your life. And so one of those is a licensed therapist. Well, this particular individual realized that I don't just need one licensed therapist. I actually need two because two different therapists were, were treating this person with two different things or, or rather, um, 
in their areas of expertise in two different ways using two different strategies that has been helpful for that person and so I was like oh well, that's great now for me I, all I needed was one therapist, but it doesn't mean that you out there listening may um, only just do well with one. You may need to like this person. I know somebody else and I've also even heard of um, a well-known pastor who has shared her testimony. So I'll say her name, um, Pastor Sheila Walsh, who when she went through a grieving time, had to check herself into a, um, into a, a psychiatric hospital. And so for some of you out there, that may be what you need in order to get um, to at least break through the blockage, the area, the, the grieving process that has kept you stuck in the depression phase and you can't seem to get out of it. But know that whatever you need, God has the answer for you. As I talked about yesterday, about even with me on my um, getting back to complete health in my body and my workout journey. You know, I heard so many different people giving me advice from doctors and, and other people in the faith who have lost weight that would just give different advice on like how they did it. And I'm not going to lie to you. I tried almost everything that they all said. Even one person was telling me to go because their testimony was they went and got, got gastric bypass surgery. And so I was even looking into that. And it was my doctor and also a former friend who had enough discernment to say, because they're Christians, to say, um, or they believe in Jesus, to say, I don't think that's for you. I've seen you. You weren't this weight before. I've seen you, you know, keep the weight off before. You can do it again. But that's not the way for you. But that's not to say for some of you out there, for example, of this prince of this um, for instance, of this example of weight loss, it's not to say that some of you out there may not have to go the route of gastric bypass. Understand that whatever strategy you need to run your race, God will give you when you seek him out for wisdom. And so there are some basic things that across the board we learn in the Bible that are absolutely essential to faith and to growing in faith. Studying and meditating on God's word day and night is a scripture, Joshua 1, um, verse 8. He also says it, and I believe in First or Second Thessalonians. It is important. Even Jesus talks about it when he preaches on the Sermon of the Mount, starting in Matthew chapter 5. It's important to know God's word for yourself. So that's a basic principle right there, a basic strategy right there that all of us who want to be kingdom ambassadors who or who are identifying themselves as kingdom ambassadors you need that if you believe in jesus christ if you follow jesus christ if you um want to grow in the knowledge and wisdom of jesus christ and of god and, and the word and the holy spirit you need the word of god he talks about it even in ephesians chapter 6 putting on the full armor of god this is important so you need the word of god However, when it comes to certain things like, um, for example, I would say in the area of discernment and using wise judgment, meaning um, there may be some things. Actually, I'm just I, I, let me rephrase that. There are things that all of us have to put down in our life because God will identify in our hearts that that's sinful. Now, it may not make sense to everybody else. But they don't have the grace to run your race. What 
convicts them may not be the same thing that convicts you. And so I even heard a pastor uh, talk about this on his particular podcast with his wife. And he mentioned how, like, even though they're married, there are things that convict him that don't convict her. And for example, and some of you may laugh and think like, oh, my God, is it really that deep? For some people, it is. For him, he was like, I can't watch scary movies. That is my conviction in my heart and my spirit that tells me you are not allowed to watch scary movies. But for his wife, he's like, she watches scary movies and have no problem with it. And so uh, there are certain things that, that um, you know, I, I or somebody else may have a conviction of that may not be yours. You guys have heard me talk about before about guarding your heart. That's, that's scripture. It's in Proverbs. Now, for me, guarding my heart for the, for the race I'm running and the grace God gives me, there are certain things that I cannot entertain. There are certain shows I can't watch. Actually, in this season, God's been telling me, you need to just start watching TV, period. <laughs> but I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of, like, getting to the point of no TV once again. Because I used to be that person that didn't watch much TV. But, um, you know, there's things that God says, you can't watch that. Now, somebody else in the faith may watch that, or somebody else that say they know Jesus, or they love Jesus, or, or identify themselves as a Christian, they may watch that same show or movie, and, and nothing happens to them. No conviction whatsoever. And, that's, and that could be for many reasons. It could possibly be because they're still at milk stage level of faith. And so, that doesn't bother them what they watch. They don't feel like it, it affects their spirit and the race that God wants them to run. But there are things that each of us, God will say, you can't do that. You can't eat that. You can't go there. You can't hang out with them people anymore. You can't talk on the phone with that person anymore. You can't date that person anymore. And you may say, well, it's a good person, God. Why can't I date them? Yeah, because there's God knows the heart. You see the outside. You see what looks good on paper. And you may say, well, I love that person. Yeah, you may think you love that person, but you still don't know their heart. You still do not know the deepest, darkest parts of them that God does. And so he may be saying to you, step away from that person. And you may, it may not make sense to you, but it better make faith. And so there are things that God may convict me for, for the race that I'm running to say, because I've called you to run this race in this way, you can't do that. You can't go there. You can't subscribe to that. You can't listen to that. And then for some of you out there, you may not have that struggle yet. God may have to grow you up in the faith to get to the point where you have discernment to know what you need to guard your heart from. But we're all meant to be like Jesus. That's what we're meant as we're following Jesus. As being ambassadors of Jesus. We represent him and his kingdom principles and his teachings. And so um, go with me to Matthew 28. Um, actually, actually, I'm sorry. Go with me to Luke 11, Luke 11, starting at the 37th verse. And I'm reading from the new living, new living translation. And it reads, uh, as Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, 
How amazing. I want to pause right here before I get into what Jesus says. Jesus was so powerful, of course, because he was God wrapped in flesh, that he knew their thoughts before they even said it. I'm currently watching a show called The Chosen. And many of you may have heard it before. If you haven't, go Google it. It's an amazing show. It's a fresh account on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and I love watching it because it has, again, Revelation brought several things to my mind that I'm like, now why didn't that click to me? And I remember I read this particular scripture many times before. And I would just gloss over that. But like one of my... um. One of my favorite pastors, Pastor Travis Green, who's also an amazing artist, Christian artist. He says all the time, you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. That means read between the lines, take into account the words that was used. Why did God make sure that word was used in, in the text? And so it wasn't until I saw the show, The Chosen, where the character, G, the, the person playing the character of Jesus in the show, um, the Pharisees were standing there who was right now with Jesus who Jesus is talking to in this particular text of Luke 11. And so in the show, the Pharisees are standing there and they had a thought that came to mind. And Jesus, because they with throughout the show, they quote various scriptures from time to time. So if you know your Bible, you know what part of the scripture text that they're quoting. And so it is, it's in an instance similar to this particular part of the scripture where the Pharisees are um criticizing Jesus and dealing with Jesus in a particular area. And so they think something or speak it quietly amongst themselves and Jesus who is not even near them responds it's verbatim to what they're thinking. And it wasn't until I saw it on the show that I was like, "Oh my god." That just clicked to me. Like I never paid that any mind. How did Jesus know their thoughts? <laughs> like again that's why I said let me pause right here because you just kind of glaze over that and you're like oh, okay you know um Jesus was speaking and so the Pharisees were speaking amongst themselves about this but the Lord said to him now the Pharisees wasn't speaking to Jesus they were just speaking amongst themselves but because Jesus is who he is he knew their thoughts he heard them amongst the crowd around them and again, if you've seen the show, then you know what I'm talking about. There's countless times where they show Jesus surrounded by a bunch of people. So it's like there's no way he heard over all these people, the Pharisees saying something, and yet he did. And so I just want to point it out because that was just so amazing. I'm like, wow, he heard their thoughts just like he knows our thoughts. And so even uh, sidebar, for those of you out there that feel like, God, I don't have enough strength to run this race. You give me the task to, to, to complete this puzzle to put together and I don't know how to do it God says come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you let me teach you for I am gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls the burden I give you is light this is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 that I just paraphrased you have got to go to the father for the wisdom you can't go to man Trust me, I know, okay, because as I've been growing as a prophet, I've had to, well, I've tried to rather, excuse me, go to different people to ask for advice and whatnot. And what I found was they, they couldn't give me advice. 
they couldn't really help me in this area not because they weren't saved or not because they didn't have discernment or relationship with jesus christ not because they didn't hear from the holy spirit but they didn't know what god was speaking to me and the way he's speaking to me for my race that I'm running and the way he wants me to be a prophet. And so they couldn't speak to that area of my life. But you know who could? Jesus Christ. You know who could? The Holy Spirit. And so I had to go to the Holy Spirit to ask for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You got to do the same thing. And so continuing in verse 39, then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools! Didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you will be clean all over. Pause right here. What he's saying is that many people are so critical, so crucial in making sure that they follow all the religious traditions of showing up on Sunday morning and they wear their Sunday best and they know how to um, shout or dance on the floor they know how to run around the church they know how to scream they know how to sing the hymns they know how the service is going to go they know where to stand where to sit they know how to tithe they know how to do all these things that man taught on how it's supposed to be done so they know all the rituals and yet they leave the hospital excuse me they leave the church the same way they came in they leave the building the temple the same way they came in therefore your heart never changed you went through all the emotions that church culture has taught you you know all the church colloquialisms you know all the sayings that the church folks say but your heart is still hardened your heart is still bitter your heart is still nasty your heart is still dirty and filthy your heart is still sinful nothing about you has been purified you were just a hearer of the word you sat there and watched the preacher preach the word but you did not receive the word you did not become a doer of the word you did not apply the word that was released over your life and God's saying today for all of us it is time to start applying my word, applying my principle. I talked about before of how for me in this season of my life, and especially during this um, summertime, something just clicked for me, especially during the month of my sabbatical. Something just clicked for me in my spirit where it just was like enough. enough. It, it's, it's like... It's like a vision God gave me where he was showing me leaves on the trees. And it was different color leaves I, than I've ever seen before in the vision. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, like leaves on the trees, the season is changing for you. And that, that may be a word out there for somebody who needed to hear that verbatim thing. The season is changing for you. But you got to see the season changing. You got to feel the wind around you changing and blowing differently around you. One of the things that I do for my workout every day is I go for a walk um, in this park that has like a very long trail that's in my city. Beautiful. It is surrounded by various types of trees and grass and geese and whatnot. It's just a lovely walk. It's a lovely trail to walk. And I go and I put my ear pods in and I play my favorite artist right now. One of my favorite artists is Tybello. Guys, go check her out. She's a Nigerian, um, a Nigerian christian artist amazing 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 and so i turn her on and i just kind of zone out and worship while i'm working out and 
I, I take in everything. Like, I don't turn my volume up too loud. Where I can't hear the rustling of the leaves on the trees and 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 the and the wind whistling and, and maybe even the geese quacking. Or I, 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 t- I tune in to all the elements around me as I realize the season is changing. And I realize that something is clicking in me, putting me into position. The things that I fought long enough or the things that I thought would never change in my life have suddenly changed. God's grace has shifted me from one lane that I was running in to another lane. And he's given me the energy and the strategy I need in this season to endure it. See, the previous season, I I worked out in one way. I ate in one way. I showed up in one way. And that season got me through the wilderness until it was time for the wilderness to end. And then God was saying to me, saying to you, if your season is changing, it's time to show up differently. You cannot apply yesterday's principles to today's problems. What I mean by that, I don't mean exactly in 24 hours. I mean yesterday's season. You cannot show up in the same way you did yesterday's season and today's new season. God will give you a fresh wind, a new grace to run the race. And so in that process of things clicking and changing for you, like in the um, form of this text, something in your heart has to change. Maybe you, maybe you're, and also in your mind. So a man thinks, so is he. And so something in you has to change and realize and step to the plate of how you need to be presented, how God's trying to present you. Well, you need to clean. Don't just focus on, well, it's a new season, so let me go get some new clothes and dress up the outside. But the inside still has the remnants of the old season because that's what happened to the children of Israel. When they left Egypt, God, first of all, told them to take the jewelry and put it on their children. Because their children were young enough so that they wouldn't have the remnants, the, the, the ickiness of the past of enslavement on them. They would see themselves as royalty because they were presented with gold and jewelry and all these fabulous things. But the Israelites that were much older still saw themselves as slaves. And so if you go back and read your Bible in Exodus, you will see along the way they kept saying, we need to go back to Egypt. It was better back there. How was it better when you were a slave? How was it better when your children were being murdered? How was it better when your women were being raped? It wasn't better back then. It's just that you're not seeing it the right way. You're not willing to wash up the inside of your heart to change it to realize that you step into a new season. And so though God has given you new garments of praise, your heart can't really praise because you don't see the change. Understand that God gives us each the grace needed, the strategy needed to run our individual races. But if you won't see it the right way, then you will keep saying and praying to God about when is your season going to change? Not even realizing that your season has already changed. And for those of you out there that say, well, I don't have that word, Andrea. God hasn't told me that my season has changed just yet. Then receive it that the change is coming. Like I said, a tunnel of transformation. Or you think about um, an ocean and, or, or, um, or any land area. And there's an eye of the storm. But there's also the other side of the storm. And so you may be going into the storm. You may be in the middle of the storm, which is the eye of the storm. But you all will eventually get out of the storm. You all will eventually get out of the tunnel. You never drive on a highway and go through a tunnel and think, man, we will never get out. We should turn back around. 
I don't care if it's bumping above the traffic. You will eventually get out of the tunnel if you keep going straight forward. Whether you got to slow down along the way or not, just know that God will give you the strategy you need to run the race for your endurance level. Just like a car. Sometimes as you're on the highway, you can speed up. And this is not me giving y'all a pass to go speeding. So don't be like, ooh, I guess we can go speeding. No, I didn't, baby. Slow down. I'm saying, again, practical examples for spiritual principles. So if the speeding limit is 55, for example, 55 miles per hour, then you can go 55 miles per hour if there's no traffic. But if there's traffic, then that speed limit will decrease. It will become 45 miles per hour or 20 miles per hour, depending on how much traffic there is. And so God gives you the strategy, a.k.a. the wisdom on how to drive in this new environment that you're in. And so you can go full speed at the 55 miles per hour. But you got to tap into the father to ask him, what is the wisdom and the strategy for your life on how to run your race? God, I know you give me grace each and every day. Your word promises that you give us new grace and mercies. But what is the strategy with the grace you're giving me today on how to run my race? How am I meant to show up in this new season? What do I need to change? What needs to be changed out of me, out of my heart, so that I can become more of a kingdom ambassador, so that I can be more of a salt and light in the earth that you want me to be, God, so that I can show up in the full fulfillment of my purpose. God, give me the grace, the wisdom, the strategy to run the race that you are putting in front of me. Um, And so... I'm going to wrap it up at this at this moment. I'm going to pause here and because we are definitely over time. I'm going to pause here. We'll come back to the scripture a little bit later. But I pray that this message stirred something in you. I pray that it also falls on good ground and produces good fruit. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word as well. Receive this these words of wisdom and apply them to your life in every area of your life. Apply it. You know, I know this didn't go the way I wanted to because y'all know I had a ton of more scripture to give y'all. But I hear God saying, wrap it up. And it is about him getting the glory and not about me getting all my scriptures out and sticking to my agenda. Eh, what we been saying? Come on, see, look how I got work. Even right there. I had my agenda on what I was going to teach today and the way I was going to teach it. And God said, that's that's cute. That's nice. And that's good. You got at least a blueprint. But uh, you need to look at my blueprint and the way I'm going to take your plans. He says in Proverbs 23 and also in Proverbs 16, uh, many that we can make our plans or many the plans of a man's heart. But the Lord determines our steps. So you can, you can make your plans all day long. But you got to ask God, what is the grace? What is the strategy for my day, for my agenda, for my race that I'm running? How am I meant to show up and watch God show up? But you got to be quiet enough to hear. You got to be keen enough to hone in and listen to his voice beckoning to you and then do what he says do. And so since he told me to wrap it up. May the Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give you his shalom. Give you his peace. Take care. Bye now. Love you guys.